0: Welcome to It's All Her, the podcast for women who want to live simpler, better lives. I'm your host, Geordie Lucas. I'm the founder and editor of It's All Her. I'm a mum to a toddler, and I was an actor in a previous life. Each week, I'm joined by a guest to talk about their life, their work, and of course, how they make life simpler and better. For the latest, head to it'sallher.com or follow us on socials. Let's get to this week's episode. Welcome back to another episode of Behind Her Brand by It's All Her. This week, I'm sitting down with the host of one of Australia's most successful podcasts. If you've ever thought about launching your own podcast, or maybe you have a show and you're looking to take it to the next level, this episode is for you. Sophie Walker launched Australian Birth Stories in 2017 and has since interviewed over 350 women and amassed over 11 million downloads. So it's safe to say she knows a thing or two about this relatively new industry in Australia. Sophie gets real about the pros and cons of becoming a big player in the podcast space, why she remains independent, and how she advertises her podcast on social media, which has some pretty strict guidelines on showing women's bodies don't get me started on that that is an entire other episode so let's go behind the brand with sophie walker from australian birth stories sophie walker host of australian birth stories thank you so much for joining us on behind her brand this week how's the year started for you
1: it's been super busy thanks for having me yeah I'm full steam in the middle of book promo so it's been a busy start
0: (laughs) I actually received a copy of your book yesterday divine timing Ah. um let's just take it back a little bit what was what was your work and life like prior to Australian birth stories
1: Um, I studied uh, behavioral science and international relations sort of straight out of school and I thought I would be working for an NGO so I did some volunteer work for Oxfam and those sorts of things and thought oh that's where I'll end up overseas helping out and then um, yeah I think just life evolved and I ended up working in various jobs. I worked in travel for a while. Then I went back to study and did, um, my master's in public health and specialized in women's health. Mm -hmm. Um, we had a few years in London in between with my husband. Um, but I ended up after all my studies working in, uh, breast cancer research. So I was working, um, interviewing women about their family history with breast cancer and then I left that job at the Cancer Council to have my first of three boys. So um, yeah and the podcast kind of came out after my second birth so it was mostly cancer research in between the first two kids.
0: I read the opener of, of your book and you talk about sort of the inspiration behind the podcast being that you really desired this birth a drug-free birth with your first son and you were met with lots of intervention and subsequently your second birth you sort of educated yourself more and you wanted to share that experience with women so at what point did you realize oh this is actually gaining momentum yeah this
1: could be a thing. <laughs> I Yeah, it was probably six months in, I think. I, I really did start at thinking, not imagining. I loved podcasts at the time and was listening to mostly American ones, but podcasts weren't a big thing here. So I yeah. thought I'll just record my second birth that was so dreamy and then I'll interview some friends and my sisters, the second episode. And I roped a few people in who weren't even interested in doing it. Yeah, um, I shudder to listen back to the first few episodes, but um, I then I just sort of approached, it was when Instagram was kind of easy to grow as well. And I approached, um, yeah, a few kind of mummy bloggers and people who had a larger following and then found that I just sort of cold emailed people and said, would you like to share your birth story? And I was really fortunate that a lot of people said, yes, they enjoy sharing and helping educate. And so I think it grew initially through that because when they um, recorded with me, they shared the podcast to their platform. And so then I gained new followers in that way and um, better exposure, but I probably didn't start making money on the podcast till about two years in. And mm-hmm. then it got to a point where it felt like I could let my part-time job go um, because I was making the equivalent in podcast advertising at that point. So then yeah. I thought, oh, well, I'll just shift it over Um and see what happens. And then, yeah, had no idea it would kind of, we're sort of coming up to seven years, I think now. So, and I've kind of got four people that work for me. So, and I, I'm not business-minded at all. I'm definitely coming at things from a health, health background. Mm. So I've really
0: had to learn as I went. Podcasting is a relatively new industry in Australia. So how did you sort of even know where to begin with partnerships and what to charge for sponsors where did you get all that information from
1: yeah. I, I started the podcast just following a YouTube and it's like, do this and then do this. And I'm not techie at all. So I, I mean, I still record it in a very basic form. I record on zoom and drop it into GarageBand, and I've got an editor now, but for the first kind of five years, I just edited it myself and it's just a lot of cut and paste. Um, yep. But I just, put, I think with a lot of things in my business, I just put one foot in front of the other. I thought, what's the next step and um, how can I learn this? And I've since kind of done a lot of online courses and things to brush up on certain areas of business. But um, yeah, it was just kind of taking small bites of a big pie. I think I emailed because when I started, I was in the post, thick of postpartum myself. So there was a lot of baby products I was using that I loved and felt really confident in recommending. So I just emailed them and said, Oh, I've started this new podcast I think I said you know there's only 50 people listening or something um would you like to be an advertiser for a flat fee which I just kind of pulled a number out of the air yeah and um and then that've just gradually increased that over the time and I'm now a lot more aware of kind of now that the podcast industry's grown so much and that kind of radio networks are buying up podcasts, I kind of know the value and what the big business and the corporates are paying. So I feel a little bit more savvy in, in how I run things, but I know a lot of companies do kind of a per, per hundred thousand listens and things like that. Um, But I've never used that model. I just have a flat fee because I don't want to have to be kind of telling numbers all the time and doing that sort of thing. I've tried to simplify it as much as I can so that I can do a lot of the work myself.
0: Totally. You mentioned just before about radio stations, picking up podcasts. I'm sure that you have been approached for your podcast to be acquired by a network. Yeah. Why have you stayed independent?
1: Um, it's tempting because they kind of reach out every three months and they offer a little bit more or something, a little bit more to try and get you over the line. And I don't know if they'll be listening to this, but I know (laughs) them all by name now and they know each other. It's a whole, it's a small world out there, I think. Yeah. Um, and they're lovely people. And and I think in a lot of ways they're saying, you know, you just focus on your craft, which is doing the interviews and we'll take all the back and forth and the emails and um, kind of nominating your worth and all of that sort of stuff out of it. So you can just stay in your kind of zone of genius.
0: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: but it's been really important to me to have that full creative control and at the moment I can kind of do what I like in that sense and I have full I've turned down some really big opportunities in advertising because I just feel like the products aren't aligned or they're not environmentally ethical. And I don't feel like I can support that. Whereas I feel like if I went to a network, they almost can, I mean, you have, you have the final right of say, but they kind of can inject, they said, you know, we'd be doing Cadbury's chocolate and Norgan ice cream and, Mm -hmm. and like all these banks that I don't use for ethical reasons. And I just feel like I don't want to surrender that control. And I also just feel a real sense of, um, I've built over the years such a strong sense of trust and um, I don't want to just abuse that of my listeners. And they and I think there's also a shift of like, oh, if you subscribe now, you cannot have any of the ads. And then one um, network said, so we'll just like pepper ads right through it so that they are turned off and then move to the subscription model. And it's like, you know, we'd put an ad right before she's pushing or something and I was like, ah, yeah. oh, you don't understand my brand. Um, and they're talking more from a monet- monetary point of view another kind of issue surrounding that from a business point of view is that I've got my own products to sell. And if you, they said, Oh, if you're putting your own products in that counts as an ad, and then they get commission on that. And it just felt like it really muddied all the water. And so I've just resisted that. Although I, it's probably my least favorite part of running the business is doing now doing the advertising side of things. So yeah, it's tricky.
0: So in terms of marketing, the podcast not so much in the beginning because social media was an easier landscape but now it's saturated everyone has a podcast (laughs) like I feel like podcasting should not be a birthright it should be (laughs) (laughs) everyone's got a podcast how are some practical ways that you market your podcast now
1: Um, over the years, I think I've been slow to, I feel like business courses always say grow your list, grow your list. And I (laughs) should have done that much earlier than I did. Um, but I did make kind of free resources to grow my email list. So each Monday I send out an email to uh, nearly 40,000 people. So, so they're getting the latest episodes along with kind of discounts and other things that we're up to. Um, I, Yeah. I use my Instagram account, which is hard, just making everything into a reel now to get it over the line. (laughs) I haven't danced on camera yet. So when that happens, you know, I've given up
0: (laughs) and I refuse to
1: (laughs) (laughs) I haven't also haven't done pointing to words on the screen, but you know, (laughs) we'll see what happens. (laughs) Um, yeah, that, so that's another beast in itself too. And so, um, Yeah. Just learning, going with the flow. And then, you know, the next week you could have all these things planned and then you're like, Oh, that's not going to get shown to anyone. Um, and so like, I feel like pivot's a funny word, but you have to all the time. Um, and then, I think just word of mouth. Also my course, my podcast is now recognized or has been for the last few years, recognized by the Australian College of Midwives as Certified Professional Development for midwives to hear these firsthand mm. accounts of birth. So I'm recommended reading in a lot of um, midwifery courses and obstetricians, I've got made a lot of friends with different obstetricians and midwives that always recommend me to their clients. So I've got that kind of word of mouth really um going well for me so yeah yeah, a few different things but yeah i've consistently been in the top five for nearly um six years now so
0: incredible so you still loading them and heating them up with all your single shit you've been dropping you feel me loading them up on it it only takes structure And, and you know just paying attention to the climate of the game yeah. Nah man. So do do your homies uh got a role in your in your little you mean, Yeah yeah we all we all artists over here man I'm y'all trying to I'm trying to get them on there.
1: Yeah, yeah. Damn, me no, it? Look, look, no. look, look. We all artists, man. We yeah.
0: go you feel me? We're gonna have this like bro, 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 me and my bro. man, like me and my man Kyle. we be like, I don't know, we play we play with this shit I gotta lie, we play with this shit right there for a for I gotta lie. Don't play with it. Take that shit In terms of advertising, how do you work around the strict guidelines around nudity? Because obviously, we're talking about birth. There's a lot of vaginas, a lot of boobs. Like, how do you get around that?
1: It's really hard. And initially I've had like countless warnings and they're so aggressive, those warnings. It's like your account could be shut down tomorrow. And, um, you know, even when you can test it, because a lot of them, I think people take it really personally. I mean, it's definitely a personal issue. Yeah. But a lot of it's done by bots. If it comes down really quickly, it's just like there, there's been a lot of flesh in there, and the scanning system, from my understanding, has picked it up as too much nudity rather than a person, In who follows you saying that's inappropriate or rather than someone kind of reporting you. I feel like initially with my stuff, it gets picked up by a robot. And then occasionally if you can test it, they say, yeah, you're right. She's breastfeeding. We'll let that one go. Yeah. Um, But I'm also very anxious. Like a a lot of my business and a lot of my connections is through Instagram. And if I, my count's now 148,000. If I lost that based on that, ridiculous rule yeah um it'd be really detrimental to me so I now I walk a fine line I see a lot of great images and I think "Mm, that's probably going to be too controversial or occasionally if I know the photographer and I check with them you can do a little bit of like really subtle shading on nipples and things to um get the image over the line, despite yes. the fact that their actual guidelines say that you can show birth related images and you can show breastfeeding at the end of the day, you can't always. So yeah. um, I've I've just become a little bit more, cons- I mean, if you looked at my page now, you wouldn't say I'm conservative, but I know
0: what's going to be triggering. So I just let some yeah. go, to be honest. You said before that it's an incredibly personal subject and you're right. There, are, It is incredibly personal. There's a lot of passion, so much so to the point that I feel like sometimes comment sections get a little bit toxic. I myself had to turn off comments on a post of mine about my cesarean because I made a statement that was true to me but, you know, not true to everyone, and I think that that's fine. What is true to me and what's important for me and my birth isn't the same for everyone else, but the comments just got abusive. Do you moderate comments on your
1: pages? Yeah. Well, firstly, I'm so sorry that you had to see all of that. I think it's just really highly emotive and triggering um, birth, and I've learned over the years too. I've I've written captions that have upset people, and that I've had to rethink, and I've gotten better at kind of preempting. Oh, someone's going to say this, and then and then I edit it back. Um, And I don't always get that right, but I am always really trying hard. Um, And I have a friend who helps me write those, and we like oh all the all the breastfeeders are going to say this and all the bottle feeders are going to say this and things like that. Um, And there's kind of anniversaries and things that are more triggering than others. And then occasionally people say, you know, you've posted too many vaginal births and you haven't done a, um, you know, and so there's a lot of things at play and balancing. And I am really always trying to keep those balls in the air. But um, I think overall though, I've generally am quite lucky that there's not too much of that I I read I read most of the comments I can't always write back to everyone and I occasionally get um, a highly emotional DM but usually I'm I'm now at the point where I think "Mm, that's not about me that's misdirected anger towards your care provider or the system or um, but I at the end of the day I'm a person and I still feel sad to have upset someone or you know, can yeah. equally get upset myself. And during COVID as well, I was juggling my three kids and occasionally I had people being a bit aggressive. And I think, look, this is a free platform. You don't have to listen to me if you think yeah. I'm so terrible, move on. I've got enough on my plate. Um, but I think we're all more emotionally charged during that time. But I think I also have to be careful not to, like I'm always on my phone and not to kind of read DMs or go into my account late at night. Cause, cause that can kind of open a big door as well, whether it's, people being um, upset with me, which is not so common, but it's more an emotional kind of, oh, I was going to say dumping. They're not intending to dump, but they yeah. feel so connected to me because it's such a vulnerable part of their life that they tell me all these things. And then I feel a duty of care with the weight of that knowledge. So I have to kind of also put kind of boundaries around how much I how much I read and when I read.
0: Mm. You've interviewed over 350 women for this podcast. Are there some stories that have really stood out to you or some stories that you've found hard to sort of switch off from?
1: Yeah, definitely. Because I think we cover, I don't just do sort of all the positive stories. I've done stillbirths and I've done infant loss and really harrowing journeys of um, fertility and things. And yeah, you, it's, it's definitely almost like a therapy session. My mum's a psychologist and I feel like it's an intense therapy hour that we have together. Yeah. Um, So. Yeah. I mean, this. I feel like every episode is so different and I just love doing them still. I don't love the logistics of booking them in and organizing childcare, but once I'm yeah. doing them, I enjoy them. Can you relate? Once we're here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, When you're in it, it's great. Um, And I don't ever get bored. I just think there's all, it's always so interesting. I've made, I guess, like one of my most important friendships I've made through, I interviewed Jodie um, on the podcast about three or four years ago and um, we really connected during that interview and she's then started working for me and now we've written the book together so yeah. that's probably one of my most pivotal recordings I, I I could say but yeah I mean some of them really do stay with you and you think oh that shouldn't have happened to you or yeah. it's so unfair and so I, yeah I carry some of it with me.
0: Mm. And speaking of the book you overtook prince harry's book i believe yes. we like
1: to say the vaginas beat the um frostbitten, the penis. frostbitten <laughs> penis what was that like that would have been surreal yeah oh kind of pleasing i'm not a royalist so i'm like good i'm glad <laughs> birth education beats the royals yeah um Yeah, yeah, it was it was crazy because I think there's been a lot of hope um, behind our book and stuff. But my publicist has always sort of said along the way, like she loves it and she's obviously commissioned it. But she's like, it's really hard to crack the parenting space and the birth education space and. I feel like they've, the whole way along have been like, don't get your hopes up kind of thing. Um, we know it's great, but it's going to be hard to get it out there and it'll be a slow burn and stuff. So they've been really pleasantly surprised yeah. and we like, we knew it was good. <laughs> so, <laughs> so it's been, yeah, it's been very fun. There's a lot of screenshot sharing going on at
0: the moment. I, can imagine, the I can imagine. Yeah. So you've had over 10 million downloads, which is insane. Yeah. 11 now. Oh, wow. That's incredible. What sort of advice do you have if we've got listeners who are toying with a podcast idea or perhaps want to add a podcast element to their business? What would be some of your best bits of advice for them?
1: I think definitely do it. I feel like I did mine in reverse. I feel like people are now building podcasts to promote their products or their business. Whereas I genuinely started mine just to share stories and then it became a business. So I guess the element of giving needs to be really the number one thing you want to impart information or share stories or share interviews with influential people or um whatever your kind of the structure of your podcast is but just remember that it's giving of that content so don't make the mistake of making it a bit of an infomercial because I don't think mm. it will do well and it won't be sustainable and I mean, it's there because there are so many there, there's a lot of kind of flash in the pan, people that kind of come up and you think, oh, you're doing a podcast. And then they soon kind of just peter out because they're easy to set up. And obviously I'm not techie and things like that. And I've got really easy setup, but there is a lot of other elements to keeping it running, and keeping it consistent. And um, yeah, I think there's a lot, it's, it's a lot of work.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I think, though, what you said before, though, is that it doesn't have to be really flashy high tech equipment. Like I'm exactly the same as you. Most of my interviews are on Zoom. I have a Rode microphone and I edit in GarageBand. Like as, if the content is really compelling, yeah. it doesn't really matter if you're not recording with the most amazing equipment.
1: Yeah. And I think when the, I feel like when the um, radio networks have tried to kind of woo me over, they're like, well, you can have our fancy South Melbourne studios and you'll have a producer and all these things. And I'm like, oh, I'm just booking in with new mums that want to breastfeed while we're talking. I don't want to make them come into studio. And sometimes, sometimes their end is, is like not fabulous um, sound quality, but I think it's kind of forgiven because people really want to hear the story. So yeah. If the content is there and um, you're doing something a bit original too, I feel like there's a lot of kind of copycat stuff and it's like, oh, it's the same old talking about the current media or whatever. Like we've got plenty of that. So think of something that is really going to resonate and connect with your audience mm. and really map that out before you start. So you don't start being like, I don't know, a generalist talking about what's happening in the media and then suddenly you're doing in-depth in depth interviews. I feel like. Well, I don't know. I'm biased in that sense because I've stayed the same the whole time. So um, quite literally the same. But I think people enjoy that. It's like comforting yeah. to know. I know what's coming next. And people say that they kind of sing my intro. They know it so well and things like that. And I'm like that with other podcasts that I'm really kind of committed to. So yep yeah I don't
0: know yeah I'm totally biased but I just think pick one lane and stay in it (laughs) yeah and finally I finish all my interviews with this we're all about making life simpler and better for women how do you do that for yourself as a mom wife business owner how do you keep it simple um that's or hard. try to. <laughs> <laughs> How do I keep it simple? Well, we live around the corner from school, so
1: we can leave at like five minutes too yep. and just like run down the road. So that really helps things. Um, I don't know, we laugh a lot at home. So things don't always go to plan Plan, and we just go, oh, that was really failed, didn't it? So um, I think just taking a more of a lighthearted approach and perhaps lowering your expectations. I'm continually, I recommend lowering your expectations. <laughs> <laughs> with three kids I have to
0: yes I can yeah I can imagine you've got a lot on your plate don't know if that's a pill of wisdom (laughs) well if you've got lower expectations you're not set up for disappointment are you yeah that's true (laughs) Sophie thank you so much for joining us I'll link everything to Australian birth stories in the show notes thanks so much oh thank you it's really fun Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Behind Her Brand, a podcast by It's All Her. If you've loved this episode, please rate, review and subscribe wherever you listen and stay tuned for our next episode with Lucy McLeod from Flash News. Talk soon.